What's up, guys? Welcome to this episode of the Haunted Cafe podcast. It's episode seven. seven. Ooh, seven. <laughs> <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about something not so spooky, a few things not so spooky. Yeah, yeah if you hear our cat, she's just very yeah. talkative right now. Yeah, I'm going to go see if I can't handle that real quick. Yep. But right now we're going to be talking about uh, the origins of some of the Christmas traditions that we do. So there's going to be 13 different ones. I was going to do 12, but you know, 13 such a great number, you know. I was going to do the 12 days of Christmas, yeah. but I was like, nah, it's got to be 13. <laughs> it could be 13. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, we don't really do a whole lot of the decorating and stuff. We try to, but we don't always yeah. have the time or, yeah. you know, all that, so... so. We do our it's, best. It's mostly money because everything's really expensive now. And the, and the Dollar Tree only has so much stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like most of the stuff that we got for decoration-wise, we got literally at like thrift stores and stuff mm-hmm. like that when I was working at the thrift store. So. Yep. <laughs> okay, it's whatever. Yeah. So the first thing that we're going to talk about is the Christmas tree itself. Okay. Because The whole entire, besides Santa, reason for Christmas. <laughs> well, oh, I mean, yeah. I was like, what? reason for Christmas, <laughs> yeah. but the symbol of Christmas. It, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, the use of the evergreen tree, wreaths, and garland is a symbol of eternal life. Oh, okay. Yeah, like the evergreen tree. Which is weird because whenever you uh, put an evergreen tree in your, in your in your house, it dies within a week. Well, that's because <laughs> you don't keep the roots or anything. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, but <laughs> it can't mean eternal life if it just dies. <laughs> well, if you kept the roots, it would. <laughs> I guess, but I don't, I don't think anybody's going to build their house around a pine tree just to keep the roots there for Christmas. Well, we'll get to that, actually. Oh. All right. <laughs> I do this all the, <laughs> all time. the time. All right. But yeah, so it was, um, it's a symbol for eternal life. Oh, oh it's us talking. It creeped me yeah, out. Yeah, I was like, what is that noise? There we go. Alan had the uh, Twitch stream going on his yeah. phone and it made it like we could hear it talking, so yeah. it creeped us out. Um, and it was common, and the eternal life symbol was common among the Egyptians, Chinese, and Hebrews. The Christian symbol can be traced back to a German medieval play about Adam and Eve, which had what was called a paradise tree. So it was basically where they hung, like, apples from an evergreen tree. Because obviously, well, like, you know the story of Adam and Eve where they picked the forbidden fruit. Well, I guess they were trying to, like, recreate that play. And they called it, you know, the paradise tree. And they decorated the tree with apples. Um... Tree, decora- tree decorating was common among pagans and, of course, was adapted by Christianity. Of course. You know. um, Scandinavian customs were to decorate their house and barn with evergreen, evergreens and at the new year to scare away the devil. Which I don't know why the devil is coming in at the new year, but... I don't know. Um, eventually, even Germany took up the custom placing a tree at the entrance or inside the house during midwinter holidays. In wow. Germany, it's actually talked about a lot during this. Um, they actually, to me, it seems like they started a lot of, like, the Christmas customs. Hmm. Yep. That's interesting. And uh, I, I actually forgot. We don't have any tea or any coffee or anything yeah, like that today. Yeah, we don't have today. any tea or any coffee this time. <laughs> yeah, just thought <laughs> I'd jump, yeah. you know, jump that in real quick. Uh, the most modern Christmas tree, though, like... The most similar to what we do today is one um, comes from the play I just talked about. Yeah. Um, 
Before you continue, I have to address this thing that she always does that really bothers me. It's writing on both sides of the paper. <laughs> it's oh. just annoying to look at. <laughs> well, that's cool, but I'm trying to save the trees. Yeah, like... you're not saving the trees if you're writing on it. <laughs> well, I'm saving some trees. You're saving space for later projects. That's what yep. you're doing. Selfish. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, the Germans would set up these paradise trees on December 24th, which was the feast day for of Adam and Eve. They prefer they would put uh, wafers on it to symbolize the Last Supper. Layer cookies of all fun fun shapes and sizes would replace the wafers. Hmm. Candles would be placed on the tree as well, as this was a symbol of Christ as the light of the world. Yeah, the light of the world just burned your house down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was that's actually Jeez. like one of the next things, yeah. but. Um, Neither one of us are really religious, so we're not going to talk, like, I'm not going to get crazy into the no. details of, like, Jesus and stuff like yeah, that. But it's just mostly, like, where the origins come from. Yeah. Um, the tree was introduced to England in the 19th century by German-born Prince Albert, husband of Queen Victoria. The Victorians decorated the trees with small toys and gifts, candles and candy, candied popcorn strings, and fancy cakes hung by paper or ribbon. And they were, and from there, Christmas trees spread all around the world. Hmm. I thought okay. it was really cool that they like adapted it and added like toys and stuff. That was pretty cool. Nice. Yep. Maybe maybe that's what I because the '90s ornaments that I have they're in the shape of toys. Yeah. They're in the shape yeah, like of dolls, and, horses, yeah. dollhouses, and stuff like that's that. That's probably where it came from. Okay then. Yeah, I never thought of that. The more you know. And then like I know there were like just scrolling through TikTok and stuff, I saw a lot of people putting like candy on their trees. And I'd never thought to do that, like candy canes and stuff. And that, that's also probably where that comes from, too. And I just yeah. never realized it. Well, I mean, I've always put candy canes on my trees, but... Yeah, I just... I never did, that I oh. remember. Okay. Yeah. So, next... The next uh, tradition is Christmas lights, which ties into the candles. <laughs> um, so, as I was talking about in the can about the Christmas tree, people would place candles, like, literally everywhere. They would put them in the windowsills, use them as lights around their houses, and of course, in the Christmas trees. Yeah. Um, now, I don't know about <laughs> about you, but from my standpoint, I thought, that's not really that safe. No. <laughs> you know, I don't know if anybody else is like, eh, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and trust me, it wasn't. Candles were a huge fire hazard at all times, but sticking them into a dead tree with paper and who knows what else, it's safe to say... Sadly, the fires occurred. Uh, people tried to be cautious. Um, first, they would keep the candles lit for a short amount of time, often for maybe like a half hour or so. Mm -hmm. um, and they also kept a huge bucket of water right next to the tree. Yeah. Um, but that really didn't help. In fact, most, if not all, insurance companies decided to stop paying out for fires caused by <laughs> Christmas trees because it was a known risk. <laughs> They're looking at them like, hey, yo. You're stupid. Stop putting fire on your trees. It's wood. It's wood. <laughs> you, you put that in your fireplace. <laughs> There's <It's>, a reason. <laughs> yep. I I'm just like, I mean, I know that they want to decorate it. I understand that. But I just, I don't know. Why? It's, it still doesn't make any sense. Like Because, like, if you look at trees, like, no matter where you put this candle, there's always branches on top of it. So there's yeah. always, and it's always going to get hot. Like, and, well, not only that, you also got to worry about the wax on the floor and stuff like that. Like, depending on how you set this up, if, if. The candle's not encased into a jar. Mm -hmm. Wax is going to get everywhere, no matter what. Plus, 
Plus, you can't watch the candle no. constantly. So you even can't. if like, even if you did like only light it for like short periods of time for a half hour here or half hour there, it's still gonna be like really, you know, it's still a risk because you is. can't sit there the whole it's time. It's a very high risk. <laughs> yep. Like unless you're directly staring at the tree all night. That's what I was saying. It ain't like, gonna work. You're not gonna do, you know, and no one's gonna do that. No. <laughs> um, so what were people going to do? Put on their trees now? Well, for the longest time, they still kept doing the tree, the the candles. But in uh, 1880, Thomas Edison had already invented the light bulb, and he was looking for some type of way to advertise it. And I put as a side note, like I'm not sure how much this is true. But it's actually like a known fact that this, what I'm going to tell you happened. So it's mm. it's pretty true. <laughs> um, so he hung up a string of the lights outside of his lab to show them off to people who has, who passed by. So mm. like as like, you know, as advertisement. Mm. A few years later, one of his employees named Edward Hibbard Johnson came up with the idea that the string lights outside of the shop could be a solution to the Christmas tree fires. He, so he took 80 red, white, and blue Christmas lights and put them around a Christmas tree. Hmm. He even called the local newspapers to cover the story. I guess yeah. he knew he knew that it was going to be like a big thing. Yeah. Which which is weird because if that's like the origins of the Christmas lights is the uh, you said red, white, and blue, mm-hmm. where the like that's one color I cannot stand yeah. seeing in Christmas lights is it's blue. The blue. Yeah, like it doesn't make it blue and magenta make no sense to me to have as a Christmas mm-hmm. light. It's red, gold, and green. Yeah. Those are Christmas colors. The Christmas tree. You got the presents which are red. You got the gold which is the ribbon. Mm-hmm. It all encompasses. There's no blue or magenta. Like well, we get talk, rid of it. <laughs> we talk about that like all the time. Yeah, thought. every time I see a house, every time I pass a house, and I, I apologize to the people I'm offending by saying that <laughs> your blue and magenta lights are shit. But stop, they're garbage. Don't put them up. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, I mean, I just I prefer I prefer. I mean, I don't care if anybody else does it. I just prefer the red, green, and gold, like mm. you were saying. I just feel like that. That's like. The traditional Christmas colors. Yeah. But like, when, well, like when I was younger in the nineties, when they had those big light bulbs that like mm-hmm. the red, the green, and the and the white, which made it look gold when you yeah. turned them on, it looked really, really nice in the tree because they were all complementing colors. You add mm-hmm. blue, magenta, and you're screwing up the entire economic. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's just that's just how I was raised. I don't like blue and magenta lights. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. Yep. And of course, the idea took off about. You know, the string lights. And even mm. the president started using the lights. And obviously, millions of people still use them to yeah, this day. to this day. And now they put the pink and blue in the yeah. Alan light. <laughs> <laughs> Just doesn't make sense to me. I yep. don't know. It doesn't look like Christmas. <laughs> like, even candy canes. Like, candy canes are understandable, but the traditional peppermint candy cane well, is the red candy and white. Well, the candy canes, people change those because it's, like... Yeah, it's like, different, like, flavors and yeah, stuff like, like that. Yeah, like the pickle and the, you Yeah, know. but still, like, red, like, peppermint, red and white, spearmint, green and white. Yeah. There's no blue and white that is... I mean, yeah, you got, you got winter, fresh, that's a gum. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Anyway... So that's how the Christmas lights came around, which I thought was really interesting that, I mean, they had to basically, they came up with a solution to stop Christmas fires instead of just like, yeah, you know. <laughs> so number three is the legend of the Christmas pickle, which is one that <laughs> I tell pickle. you, I talk yeah. about you, talk about to you all the time because yeah. like, I, this is my, this is one that I know well. I don't, we don't. I've never heard of it until she yeah. brought it up to me. We so. don't like follow the tradition, but I've heard of it. 
Yeah, I have no idea yeah. what the heck a Christmas pickle is. Sounds yeah. like something the Christmas elf made up to get with women. <laughs> hey, you want to check out my Christmas pickle? <laughs> wow. So, like uh, I said, I don't know how well this legend, how well known this legend is, or if any people know what the Christmas pickle is. But what the pickle, the pickle, what the pickle, the pickle. <laughs> Peter picked a ripe pickle. I don't even know how that goes. Yeah, I don't know. So the Christmas pickle is a green pickle shaped ornament that on Christmas Eve, parents or someone would hide the ornament in the Christmas tree. And the next morning, like deep within the branches so that it couldn't be found. Um, of course, with the fact that most trees are green and the ornament is also green, it's should make it really hard to find. Now, maybe, like, with it shining, it might, like, give yeah. it away a little bit. But on Christmas morning, uh, the first person to find the pickle was rewarded. The first person to get that pickle was able to either, A, open their presents first. Jesus, there is a lot of peas. <laughs> yeah, there is. <laughs> um, sometimes they are giving a, a special treat, like some kind of candy or cake or whatever. Or it is believed that good luck will come to the pickle finder in the following year. Wow. People pickle presents. Yeah, people pickle presents <laughs> hidden in a purple tree. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that'd be easy to find. But yeah, yeah, I mean, you never maybe. know. Maybe. I don't, I don't know how colorblind, how, how colorblindness works, but it might be difficult that way. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so there are different theories about where this tradition actually came from. Uh, theory one is that it originated in Germany. Um, in fact, I believe that's the most common story that's printed on a little card that you get when you do buy the, the pickle. Um, but in a 2008 USA Today article about the tradition, a survey actually found that 91% of Germans had never heard of this pickle, <laughs> nor did they even have one in their home. So I don't know how true it is no. about like Germany, yeah. Germans being the one to create this because... That's funny. Unless it was like a long lost like tradition, like it start came like started there, came over here for a little bit, and then came back, you know. Yeah. But uh, theory two is about a captured U.S. Union Army soldier who was starving in in a prison camp. On Christmas Eve, he was so hungry that he begged the guard for just a pickle. He was given it, and it saved his life. Uh, no dying from hunger or anything like that. Yeah. Um, once the so soldier returned home, he hung a pickle on his tree. I don't know if I would want to celebrate the fact that I almost died in a prison camp, so I'm going to put a pickle. Like, I don't know if I'd want to remember that. Yeah. Well, maybe it was like some sort of, like, since the pickle saved his life, he was yeah. like, this is, this is the day that I didn't die. Like... <laughs> yeah, since it's like the Christmas Eve again. Yeah, yeah. But... To me, it's like, wouldn't you want to move on from that? Yeah. I mean, no matter what, the memory's still going to be there. There's, yeah. Unless you completely forget what happened, you're never actually going to move yeah, on. Yeah, so I guess it's better to just, like... Yeah. It's better to accept that it happened and mm -hmm. try and move away from it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and I even, you know, I even said, I don't know why this guy would want to remember this, but you gave, you brought a, a good point. Like, the <laughs> fact that maybe he would yeah. just want to, like... As a remembrance of the day mm -hmm. that he possibly could have died, but he didn't because he got a pickle. So it's like, man, this pickle... He got a second chance. Yeah, he yeah. got a second chance through this pickle. <laughs> um, yeah, so another tale that could possibly be the origin story is about two boys that somehow got trapped in a pickle barrel and were and were found by St. Nicholas himself. He saved them and were able to, and were able to like, let them go home for Christmas. It's just a weird little story. That's, but that's odd. Yeah. Honestly, out of all of them, I kind of believe, I would believe the U.S. Union Army soldier one. Yeah. But 
you know, once again, it's not 100% that any of these traditions actually happen. Um, there's also one more reason, and probably the most probable reason, even though you want that, like, heartfelt story. Um, so in the 1880s, German glass ornaments became very popular in America, and it seems a lot of the ornaments were in shapes of fruits and vegetables. That's um, weird. Yeah. Maybe there were just a lot of pickle ornaments left over, and a clever, clever salesman came up with the story to make a profit. Yeah, I mean, I can understand not wanting yeah. to put a pickle on a tree because it's kind of phallic. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to put this pickle on my tree. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, back then everybody was a little like, yeah. you know, uh, I don't know. Prim and proper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but basically, you know, I think that's the most like probable thing is yeah. that they somehow had all these like pickles left over. And, you know, because we already know in like the 1940s or whatever, there were so many like con artists like just trying to make a buck he's like hey did you ever hear about this christmas pickle <laughs> yeah, i mean people so, do that now so. yeah <laughs> yep. yeah so that's the legend and possible theories of where the christmas pickle came from so number four we're going to talk about is the christmas stockings which you know we got all of ours up on the tree or up on the wall yeah uh, for some reason like before you know for some reason when you had just said that i had gotten uh, a memory of some kind that had to do with an orphanage who didn't have something to have santa put something in so he hung a sock over a fireplace hoping that he would put something in it i feel like no, that, no? okay i don't know why that popped into my head i, don't know. I mean it, it might have been Is a christmas a movie? movie it might have been a movie i watched i don't remember nope. <laughs> all right yeah so the christmas stocking in case some in case some of the listeners don't know, because you know either you don't celebrate Christmas or just not a tradition where you are, um, it's an empty sock, or most of the time it's a sock shaped bag, which is basically what we a lot of people use now. Yeah. Um, that is hung by the fireplace or on or on the fireplace, so that Saint Nicholas or Santa Claus can come and fill it with small gifts. Ain't Saint Nicholas and Santa Claus the same thing? Yes and no. So, St. Nicholas was actually a real person from what I came to understand. Uh, and Santa Claus, I guess, was the... And some kind of like me okay. believe. All right. But, yeah. Um, in some Christmas tales, the stocking uh, gifts are the only ones that children receive from Santa. Um, which is like, dang. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> for little kids, anyway. Yeah. Um, the origin of the Christmas stocking was actually technically the origin of St. Nicholas himself, too. Hmm. Um... While there aren't any written accounts, um, there are some legends that are, like, popular stories that people tell about it. Mm -hmm. um, number one is that St. Nicholas was staying with a poor family and heard that the father was planning on selling his three daughters into prostitution. Jeez. Because they couldn't, you know, they couldn't afford stuff. Um, to save them from starving, St. Nicholas wanted to help but knew that the old man wouldn't accept charity. So when he left the house one night, St. Nick threw three bags of gold through an open window and one landed in a stocking. Of course, when everyone woke up the next morning, they were overjoyed, overjoyed saved uh, from starvation and possible sex work. <laughs> um, other versions say that the bags, all three of the bags landed in the stockings, but I guess I had to that depends on Saint Nick's aim. <laughs> yeah, he, he was a, he was a, he he was the creator of, of basketball, man. He yeah. created he created the three pointer. Through an open window. <laughs> he created the Shack attack. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But yeah, I don't know why he would throw him into the stocking, not just like into the floor, onto the floor. But uh-huh. I mean, maybe it just happened to land there. Yeah, it was um, by, by magic. It just happened to land. Yeah. There. <laughs> Uh, another idea I think may be more plausible is that Christmas stockings derive from the German Scandinavian figure Odin. Odin. The legend goes that children would place their boots filled with carrots, straw, and sugar uh, near the chimney for Odin's flying horse, uh, Selvnir. I should have looked it up, but it's S-L-E-I-P-N-I-R. Selvnir. What is it? S L E I P S L E I P N I R looks like it's Slipnir or Slipknot. <laughs> <laughs> Odin would reward these children for their kindness by placing all the horses' food by replacing all the horses' food with gifts or candy. Jeez. To me, that sounds a lot more. Well, like replacing all the horses' food. Yeah, like because they would leave carrots, straw, and sugar for the horse, so then he would take that out of the boot oh, and give okay. them candy. I thought they was like replacing the horse's oh, food and then with giving candy. It to yeah, like, <laughs> no, you're no. killing the horse. <laughs> no, just like swapping it out. Oh, okay. I was like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> wow. Um, Odin, yeah, so uh, I, it is believed that this practice survived in Germany, Bel- Belgium, and even the Swiss or Never- Netherlands after Christianity took over. Uh, the reason why this is claimed false, as there are no record records of people doing this um, before St. Nicholas. But yeah. I still think it's plausible, because yeah. there, I, I, I didn't look this up, I should have, but I remember um, like people talking about like the wooden clogs, too, and they mm-hmm. like the shoes, and then they would fill that up with candy, to, or like stuff to be replaced, so yeah. unless that's the same thing. Yeah. Um, so, um, number five, we're going to talk about Ukraine's uh, Legend of the Christmas Spider, which I really like this tradition. Um, there's two different versions to the story. Uh, one of them's a little bit sadder than the other, at least yeah. to me anyway. Um, so the story of the Christmas, so the first one, uh, story of the Christmas Spider goes like this. There was once a poor but hardworking widow who lived in a small hut with her three children. One summer day, a pine cone fell on the earthen floor of the hut and took root. Hmm. Remember how you were saying nobody plants a, a tree? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I did. <laughs> the children cared for it, f- cared for it, excited at the idea of having a nice Christmas tree by winter. Wow. The tree grew, but when Christmas Eve arrived, they could not afford to decorate it. The children sadly went to bed and fell asleep. The next morning, Christmas Day, they woke up and saw the tree covered in cobwebs. But when hmm. they opened the windows, the first rays of sunlight touched the webs and turned them into brilliant gold and silver. Mm-hmm. The, window, the widow and her children were overjoyed. From then on, they never lived in poverty again. So, like, I really like that story. Hmm. That's it's a pretty unique cool, story. Like, yeah. A spider helped save everything. <laughs> yep. Um... <laughs> Other versions replace the sun with a miracle from Father Christmas, so like mm. St. Nicholas, uh, Santa, or Jesus himself. Um, and the, the story, and then there's also another story that tells the perspective of the spiders who wanted to see, or, see the tree. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so I printed oh, out wow. that, that little tale. This is the sadder one, at least in my opinion. Oh. Um, the tale goes, once upon a time, a gentle mother was busily cleaning the house for the most wonderful day of the year. Uh, not a speck of dust was left. Even the spiders had left their cozy corner in the ceiling and had fled to the corner, to the farthest quarter of the, 
farthest corner of the attic to avoid the housewife's busy cleaning. At last it was Christmas Eve. The tree was decorated and waiting for the children to see it, but the poor spiders were frantic, for they could not see the tree nor the presents that waited for dawn. But the oldest and wisest spider suggested that perhaps they could peep through the crack in the door to see this glorious sight. Silently they crept out of the attic, down the stairs, and across the floor to wait in the crack of, in the threshold. Suddenly the door opened a wee bit and quickly the spiders scurried into the room. The tree was breathtaking and certainly more than their eyes were accustomed to seeing. So they crept all over the tree, up and down, over every branch and twig, and saw every one of the pretty things. At last they were satisfi satisfied with the Christmas tree's beauty. But alas, everywhere they went, they left their webs. Now seeing what they had done, they became very, very afraid that they would be killed. So they prayed for mercy. Suddenly an angel came and said, I'll save you, but I will need some help for some help. One of you must say what must stay to save the rest. So it was agreed that who would stay, and the angel touched the spider, turning its turning its to ice, and the webs became shimmering silver and gold. Oh wow! So basically, one of the spiders like had to die. Yeah. <laughs> the heck. <laughs> Since that time, we have hung tinsel on our Christmas tree to remind us of the sacrifice of one to save many, and according to the legend. It has become a custom to include a spider among the decorations on the tree. Wow. So that one's definitely a way more intense, like, story. Yeah, yeah. And way more, um, honestly, I, I like, I like both stories. I think they're both, like, really great, um, like, legends. Yeah, I know? just, it's just, it's just, how come every time there is a great story created that has to do with creating beauty, somebody has to kill it? Somebody has to die. Yes, every single time. There could be a story about a little red panda that saved his brother, but in the end, a hunter shot his brother. Like what the what? Just or shot him. To yeah, save like, it. just just leave it. Stop trying to kill things. Um, There's no reason. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're fine. So the actual origins of this legend are unknown. It is believed to have come from Germany or Ukraine, and that's literally like on any like. Of the packages that you receive if you buy one of these. Mm -hmm. um, in Germany, Poland, and Ukraine, finding a spider or spider web on a Christmas tree is considered good luck. Um, Ukrainians also create Christmas tree ornaments in the shape of a spider with paper and wire. Uh, the tradition of using tinsel is said to also come from this story. Hmm. Which, you know, that's what it, you know. Yeah. But it makes me want to start putting, like, spiders on our tree. Because yeah. I really like the, the little legend. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we did have a Halloween tree at one time. Yeah, so we had spiders on there. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, we had uh, spiders, eyeballs, pumpkins, all that. <laughs> <laughs> pumpkins. <laughs> I like that tree too. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. That was like one of our first trees. <laughs> mm -hmm. We also had a black tree too. Yeah, well, that's that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think but I don't I think we decorated that. Yeah, we did. We did. Oh, okay. We decorated it Christmassy. Oh, I didn't. No, no, I'm saying we didn't decorate a Christmas tree with. Halloween oh, decorations. Well, we decorated yeah, the yeah. black tree with Halloween yeah. decorations. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So number six is the mistletoe. How many of these are there again? There's 13. Oh, 13. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. You we're, made that joke. Yeah. We're like halfway through. Yeah. yeah. You got this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so first I wanted to talk about what mistletoe actually is um, because I think it's kind of odd that we consider it a lovely thing um, because most uh, descriptions actually call mistletoe as parasite plant. <laughs> um, 
because it grows on other plants. Like, it kind of attaches itself to, like, different wow. trees. Yeah. Um. So, you know that, like, little cactus that you have with the thing on top? Mm-hmm. The little pink thing? Mm-hmm. Even though it's, like, really cute and stuff, that top thing's considered a parasite, too. Hmm. Um. Mistletoe grows on a large range of trees, including willow, apple, and oak trees. Um. The actual tradition of hanging it in the house goes back to the ancient druids. Um. But there's really no evidence that this happened um supposedly the mistletoe plant is said to have mystical powers uh which bring good luck to the household and ward off evil spirits in nord mythology it was a sign of love and friendship Hmm. um so why do we kiss under the mistletoe the earliest recorded date of mentioning kissing was in england in 1784 musical there were also illustrations of people kissing under the mistletoe in the version of a, a Christmas Carol, which was published in 1843, uh, the original custom was a berry had to be picked from the leaves before the person was kissed. Uh, when all the berries were gone, there would be no more kissing. Hmm. Uh, another website I read said that the tradition of kissing under the mistletoe started in ancient Greece during festival festivals similar to Roman Saturnalia. Uh, the Greeks called the holiday Kronia. Um, in Kronia. case Kronia. Kronia. It's either Kronia or Kronia. Kronia. Um, in case you didn't know, uh, Saturnalia is an ancient Roman pagan festival honoring the agricultural god Saturn. Um, people still celebrate today. Uh, the Greeks also used mistletoe during marriage ceremonies because of the plant's association with fertility. Hmm. Uh, during the Roman era, uh, enemies at war would reconcile their differences under the mistletoe because it represented peace. Hmm. So, it, it honestly, mistletoe represents a lot of stuff I didn't know. Yeah, it does. All right. Interesting. So now that we're like halfway through, mm-hmm. we're going to take a quick ad break. We'll be right back. Yes. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? This is an ad for my new gaming channel, Ram's Head VR Gaming. Um, I had just gotten an Oculus Quest 2, not too long, a couple days ago. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it a couple days ago, and I'm actually really excited for it because it's a VR is something I've been wanting to play for a very, very long time, and I just never had the money to actually get it until recently. So... Pretty much what I'm going to be doing on there is what every other VR gamer does. I'm going to be playing VR video games. I'm going to bring out my most deepest inner personality traits, and hopefully I'm funny. If I'm not funny, then you're not funny. So, <laughs> so yeah, so whenever you get a chance, go ahead and over to Twitch. and uh, Or not Twitch, no, it's, it's, uh, it's on YouTube. Sorry, I can't Twitch stream with Oculus yet. I haven't figured that part out. But uh, on YouTube, check out Ramshead VR Gaming. And Ram's Head VR Gaming, it's literally all one word. There's no yeah. spaces. <laughs> and I'll leave a link in the YouTube description description for it. So yeah. check it out there. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so number seven, what we're going to talk about is the Yule Log. So I might have to drop a Yule Log real quick. I'm just kidding. Not to. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we just started recording. <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it's called when you eat way too much on Christmas, so you gotta drop a Yule Log. That's nasty. <laughs> I'm shaking my head over here, guys. Uh, um, so I actually had no idea what a Yule Log was. 
that's after you eat yeah, shut up. Okay. <laughs> um, oh. I, yeah, I had no idea what it was until I did this research. Uh, so, to start, a brief definition of Yule is a mi midwinter festival centered around the winter solstice, which was usually the halfway point in the season, in like the winter season. Mm -hmm. um, after the solstice, which is the shortest day of the year, um, the days would start to get longer, and it is thought that Yule was a celebration of the reappearance of the sun and the fertility land, fer fertile land's rebirth. Hmm. <sighs> so now let's talk about the Yule log itself. Well, before you continue, there's a there's a theory that's going along on TikTok about the Yule log, how the Yule log is actually children that are being sacrificed because uh, Christmas is considered a satanic holiday just because of the way Christians twisted it. Like Christmas is Christ mass, you're massacring Christ. It's it's weird how it is on TikTok. This dude just walks up to random people and asks me if they want to hear his theory. It's pretty funny because people are just like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> but but anyway, go ahead. You can yeah. continue. <laughs> well... The, the way I researched it <laughs> is that burning a log in celebration of Yule started way before the medieval times. It looks as if a Yule log is a decorated piece of wood. Um, all the photos I've seen of it are like covered in holly or, or something like that and candles. Mm. Um, the candles and lights that we associate with Christmas are meant to guide the Christ child. Um, the Yule may have been the precedence to that because the log was lit to entice the sun to return to return as part of the yule festival in scandinavia and i think that the whole like uh christ was supposed to come back to earth and then that's kind of like like christianity basically took um the returning of the sun and kind of returned it you know made it returning of jesus kind of thing okay um they basically like use the same legends and stuff but just replace stuff with god or christ or of course yeah that's how i understand it anyway why wouldn't they <laughs> uh, fun fact uh the yule log was almost always an actual entire tree oh, uh families would bring the trunk of the tree inside and stick the biggest end into the fireplace uh, the Yule log, I mean tree, <laughs> would feed the fire through the throughout the twelve days of Christmas, which is hmm. Christmas Day until January fifth. It's a big friggin' tree for yeah. twelve days straight. Yep. Well, I'm sure that they probably add like logs on the sides to I mean, just maybe, keep it, but, but, but still, that's like that's more yeah. than just a log. That's like mm -hmm. that's multiple forests that you're burning right now. <laughs> well, yeah, per fam, like one tree per family. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm saying that's a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, they use more than that and just trying to stay warm in the winter. Yeah. So, um, so now we're going to talk about the legend of the babushka. Babushka. And which I need you phone. need uh, the phone for, yes. Yep. Babushka. And the, re <laughs> the reasoning for you needing the phone was? I need to read the legend from your phone. Oh, you said it was too much to print, right? Yeah, it's too much okay, yeah. for me to yeah. print out. So I'm trying to save those trees that you're getting all mad about. <laughs> Once my phone starts acting appropriate, there we go. We'll get there in a minute, guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna cut it from the the podcast. Okay. You guys know all the backwards, the back secrets, because yes, we can't trim this. This is literally a behind the scenes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and there are so many ads. Okay, one of the most famous things about Russian Christmas traditions. Okay. So there you go. Hopefully that works properly and it doesn't screw up on you. <laughs> well, it was fine for me, so. 
Well, it was also your phone. This is my phone. <laughs> one of my phones. Mm -hmm. The crappier one. <laughs> yep. Okay, so now we're going to talk about the story of the babushka. Um, once in a small Russian town, there was a there lived a woman named Babushka. Babushka, babushka isn't like a name. It's actually a term for grandmother. But for some reason, they're saying that it, that's her name. Uh, Babushka had always, had always had work to do, sweeping, polishing, and dusting, and cleaning. Her house was the best kept, most tidy house in the whole village. Her garden was also beautiful, and her cooking was wonderful. One evening, she was busy dusting and cleaning, so busy that she didn't hear the villagers outside in the square talking about and looking at the new star, scar, star in the sky. Uh, she had heard about the new star, but thought, all of this fuss about a star, I don't even have time to look because I am so behind on my work. I must work all night. So, Babushka miss, missed the star as it shone brightly high overhead. She also missed the little line of twinkling lights coming down towards the village at dawn. She didn't hear the sounds of pipes and drums. Babushka missed the whispered voices uh, and of the villagers, wondering whether the lights were an army or a procession of some sort. She missed the quite sudden silence of the villagers and even the footsteps of co coming up the path to her door. But the one thing she couldn't miss was the loud knocking on her front door. Uh, now what was that, she wondered, opening the door. Babushka gaped in amazement. There were three kings at her door with one of their servants. My master needs a place to rest, the servant said. Yours is the best house in the village. You want to stay here, she asked. Yes, but it would only be until night falls and the star appears again, the servant replied. Babushka gulped. Come in then, she said. The kings were very pleased when they saw all the homemade bread, pies, and cakes. She dashed about serving them, asking lots of questions. Have you come a long way? A very long way, way sighed Casper. Where are you going? We're following the new star. But where? The kings did not know, but they believed that it would lead to the newborn king. Why don't you come with us? asked Balthazar. You could bring him a gift like we do. I bring gold. My colleagues, my colleagues bring spices and perfumes. Oh, I'm not sure that he would welcome me, said Babushka. And what could I bring as a gift? I know I could bring a toy. I have a cup, a cupboard full of toys. My baby son died when he was small, she said sadly. Balbasar stopped her as she went to tidy the kitchen up. This new king could be your king too. Come with us when the star appears tonight. I'll think about it, she said. As the king slept, Babushka tidied up the, as quietly as she could. What a lot of extra work there was, she thought. And this new king, what a funny idea to go off with these kings to find him. Babushka shook herself. There was no time for dreaming. All of this washing up and putting away had to be done. Anyway, she thought, how long would she be away? What would she wear? What about the gift? She sighed. There's too much to do. The house will, be, will have to be cleaned when they're gone. I couldn't just leave it. Suddenly it was night again and the star was in the sky. Are you ready, Babushka? Asked Balthazar. I'll come tomorrow, she called. I must just tidy here first and find a gift. The kings went away sadly. She ran back to her house, keen to get on her work. Finally, she went to the small cupboard, opened the door, and gazed at all the toys. They were very dusty, and they weren't fit for a baby king. They would need to be cleaned. She cleaned all the toys until each one shined. Babushka looked through the window, and it was morning. The star had came and gone. The kings would have also found somewhere else to rest by now. 
She could easily catch up with them, but she felt so tired she had to sleep. The next thing she knew, she was awake and it was dark outside. She had slept all day. She quickly pulled on her cloak, packed the toys in a basket, ran down the king, ran down the path that the kings had taken. Everywhere she asked, have you seen the kings? Oh yes, everyone told her. We saw them, they went that way. For days, Babushka followed the trail of the kings and the villages that came larger. She never stopped until she came to a city. The palace, she thought, that's where the royal baby would be born. There's no royal baby here, said the palace guard when she asked him. What about the three kings? she asked. Oh yes, they came here, but they didn't stay long. They were soon on their journey. But where to? Bethlehem, that was the place. I don't imagine why. It is a very poor place, replied the guard. She set off towards Bethlehem, and it was the evening when Babushka arrived. She went to the local inn and asked about the kings. Oh yes, said the landlord. The kings were here two days ago. They were very excited, but they didn't even stay the night. And what about a baby? Babushka cried. Yes, there was also, said the, la said the landlord. The kings asked about a baby too. When he saw the disappointment in Babushka's eyes, he stopped. If you'd like to see where the baby was, he said quickly, he was across the yard there. I couldn't offer the couple anything better at the time. My inn was really full, so I had them stay in the stable. Babushka followed him across the yard. He left her to be alone in the stable. Babushka, someone was calling from her in the doorway. He looked kindly at her and wondered if he knew where the family had gone. She knew not that the baby king was the most important thing in the world to her. They have gone to Egypt and to safety. The kings had returned to their countries, but one of them told me about you. I am so sorry, but you are too late. It is said that Babushka is still looking for Jesus today. Jeez. <laughs> so, like I said, it was a really long story, but um, there's also different um, like takes on that to where cause she's also kind of known as the Christmas witch. Because she's actually known to still be carrying a broom when she's, like, going around trying to find this this kid. Uh, obviously, it's uh, Jesus, but, you know. And then there's also a part of the story where she just starts handing out gifts to everybody. Holding this broomstick, too. So, it's just kind of, it's kind of funny. But, um. What, what I, what I, okay. I, 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 have, I, have, I have a few questions. I have questions. <laughs> Why in the world was this woman so obsessed with cleaning for literally almost three days straight when she didn't even have anybody show up within those three days to need to be cleaning that much? Like, like, like I'm confused. Like, why are you cleaning? Did you have an OCD issue? Were you depressed because your son passed away and that's why you consistently clean? Is that why you haven't touched the toys and that's why they were dusty? Why well, need yeah. you clean the toys? Because why, why literally spend all night cleaning every single one of the toys when you're only grabbing a couple of them to give to the kid? I'm confused. Why clean that much? You, you, <laughs> you didn't even understand the actual point of the story. Huh? I mean, I got it, but that, that part... It couldn't like it confused me the most. I don't know. Maybe it is because she decided that she was too depressed to like not do anything else. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's I not like, part of the story. Yeah, I know, but the, it, it bothered me that the fact that she literally missed this opportunity because she was so obsessed with cleaning. Yeah. Like you miss this because you're so obsessed with cleaning, and now you're sad about it when it was your fault to begin with because you just can't stop cleaning. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> even though that this tale is very popular as a Russian tale, uh, once again, most Russians hadn't heard of, hadn't heard of this story at all. <laughs> Why? Where did this come from? Why? <laughs> um, 
It is believed that Jeez. it might have been created by an American poet and writer named Edith Matilda Thomas in 1907. So it's kind of just like, you know, it's yeah. just a story. Uh, we may never know where this original story truly came from. Um, yeah. My chest hurts. <laughs> Calm down. Sorry. <laughs> you, like, focus way too hard on, like, shit that didn't matter. <laughs> sorry. I mean, it did matter because yeah. that's the reason she that's was the in the situation she she's at. Like, your problems are the reason... <laughs> sorry. Your problems are the reason why you missed it. That is the initial issue of the whole entire story, <laughs> is that you were so busy freaking cleaning that you missed the birth of Christ. Like, what is wrong with you? If, if Christ, like... What's if it, it was we're that not important. If it was that freaking important... Why just clean all night? Well, I mean, she didn't know that that's what was going <laughs> yeah, on. I know, but, like, still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get it. All right, so now we're going to step away from that. Okay. <laughs> we're going to talk about number nine, which is the red, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, yeah. I remember you telling me a little I bit told, about Yeah, one. I told you a little bit that's, about That's it. funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I didn't actually know where, like, Rudolph came from. Obviously, you know, it's a, it's a children's story that somebody came up with, but... Um, so Rudolph was created by a man named Robert Louis May in 1939. Uh, he is the ninth reindeer to Santa's sleigh, the youngest, and was picked on as a young, young foal because of his nose, which is red, just in case for some reason no one knows who Rudolph is. If you've is. never heard the song. <laughs> yeah. Um, or seen the movies. <laughs> or didn't understand the title. Yeah. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rudolph made, or Robert made Rudolph as an assignment for a Chicago-based company called Montgomery Ward. It's a retail store that had been buying and giving away covering coloring books for Christmas every year and decided to create uh, their own to save money. Robert almost decided to name him Rolio or Reginald uh, before landing on Rudolph. Robert, the creator, said... That he used to be bullied the same way that Rudolph did as a child. So he wanted to give it, like, a good ending. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, kind of like, teach kids not to bully. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, his daughter loved this story, too. Uh, in its first year of publication, 2.4 million copies were distributed. Wow. Um, Robert said that the idea came to him while he was staring out of his office window and a thick fog from Lake Michigan covered it. Suddenly I had it, he called. A nose, a bright red nose to shine through the light, through the fog like a spotlight. Hmm. But of course, there was controversy. The cultural significance of a red nose had changed a lot since the story's publication. In the 1930s pop culture, a bright red nose was cl closely associated with chronic alcoholism and drunkards. So much so that the story was initially rejected. Wow. Um, Robert asked an illustrator friend to draw a cute reindeer uh, using zoo deer as models. And that's what actually com uh, convinced the management to support the idea. Hmm. And it's like, it's kind of a good thing you did because they're still, Rudolph is still like famous yeah, to this day. Famous. And I, I find, uh -huh. how long ago did he create this story? 1930s. So that's when he created it, was mm -hmm. then, and it sold that many copies. Mm -hmm. And bullying is still a major thing now. <laughs> hasn't well, changed. <laughs> yeah, but there's been, like, all kinds of bullying things, and it yeah. hasn't stopped it. This isn't just, like, the first, you know, the no. only one. Um, the story of Rudolph's creation is partially sad, uh, because I had read in an article that Robert's wife had died around this time, mm. and that he was struggling to make ends meet for him and his daughter, 
Um, I'm not entirely sure how true that is, but kind of Rudolph was kind of like the saving grace for him. Mm-hmm. So if that's true, then that's you know yeah. awesome. But... Rudolph literally saved his life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Almost like that pickle really saved that dude's life that one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so now we're going to talk about gingerbread. Uh, the men and their houses. Yeah, which which I had already told you about, and it turns out that I was right. Oh, uh, part was, yeah, yeah, partially right. Yeah, yeah. Hansel Gretel. Yep. So <laughs> gingerbread was said to originate in medieval England, and the name actually just means preserved ginger. Uh, back then, people used ginger more for its healing properties than anything else. Uh, ginger can calm and upset stomach uh, quickly. Which is why a lot of people re- reach for ginger ale when they're sick. Mm-hmm. Well, like like even ginger, just in general now, is like a is like a massive thing that you like. I think um, ginger is like a, one thing that um, India uses. Like their mm-hmm. medical, the in like India, their med- the whole entire medical premise used to be completely based on not completely, but mostly based on ginger because yeah. of how healthy ginger actually is mm-hmm. for your body like ginger is like one of those super things that you would eat along with like, like goji berries foods, basically yeah it's like super foods that you would, mm-hmm. you would eat like, with like goji berries you know wheatgrass stuff like that or what, what's that stuff that um turmeric no well besides turmeric that's another one but the grass what is that is that wheatgrass is that what that is i think so like it, you would you would um juice it yeah, yeah 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 so like those are like it's literally part of that so it, honestly I, I've done it before. If you do have, like, a severely upset stomach or if you want to like, make some ginger tea and your stomach, your upset stomach will completely go away, which yeah. is weird. And another weird thing with ginger, too, is it's supposed to help with acid reflux, which everyone knows that I have. And it's weird that such a, quote-unquote, spicy root yeah. actually yeah. gets rid of acid reflux. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work well in my brain, but it works in science, I guess. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. No, you're fine. <laughs> Uh, back in the olden days, gingerbread was considered sacred and was only made, meant to be made on Christmas and Easter, uh, and that's exactly why it's such it's seen as such like a Christmas delicacy. Mm-hmm. Um, so why do we have gingerbread men? Um, it is actually believed that Elizabeth the first of England uh, was the first one to start this tradition. Uh, she had her gingerbread cookie shaped to resemble some of the guests that she was having at a party. <laughs> you know, That's so they funny. got to eat them, you yeah, know, yeah. eat themselves basically. <laughs> um, there's also a little story about how women would bake, would bake like little men and eat them um, to increase their chances of getting a man, which you know, because I guess it's so you know yeah. so sacred. She's a man, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, supposedly, the tradition of decorating gingerbread houses actually maybe came from the fairy tale Hansel and Gretel in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. The 1812 Grimm's fairy tale includes the line, um, when they came near the s- nearer, they saw that the house was built of bread, roofed with cakes, and the window of transparent sugar. Um, inspired by the story, German bakers began to craft small decorated houses out of spiced honey biscuits. Nice. Yep. That's pretty cool. So, it technically did come from Hansel yeah. and Gretel. Um, number 11 is Christmas wreaths. So, it was kind of hard to find information about the Christmas wreath, but it's it's more of like the circle symbol and like what oh, okay. it's made of. Yeah. Um, without the Christmas tree, we wouldn't have the Christmas wreath. Uh, trips, tree, ooh. Trees would have to be shaped down to fit a perfect triangle um, and also to fit in, like, people's houses. 
Um, mm -hmm. So they would prune the trees to make them fit inside better as well as the right shape. And instead of throwing away all the extra pieces, the Europeans would weave the excess uh, pieces into wreaths. Uh, the Christmas wreath was actually started as hanging circles on the tree uh, because the circle shape uh, symbolizes eternity as a shape with no end. Hmm. Uh, which is probably like the whole like Jesus resurrected mm -hmm. and stuff too. The circle of life. Yeah, yeah. Um, the wreath was made from evergreen tree pieces and the evergreen tree itself was a kind of a tree looked upon with all and admiration since they are able to survive the harshness of winter. So that's where like the eternal life comes in because mm -hmm. while everything <clears throat> dies during winter, mm -hmm. the tr those trees stay like interesting. You know. Yeah. They stay green. Yeah. They stay wet they, they stay they stay mm -hmm. I was I was gonna say they stay weathered, but I mean, yeah. that would mean that they are decaying. Yeah. <laughs> um so with the circular shape and the evergreen material make the wreath a representation of eternal life. Hmm. That's interesting. I didn't yep. know that. So I just... thought somebody just got bored one day. They were like, hey, I bet you I could make a circle out of this. <laughs> and when they were like, hey, that's awesome. I'm be hanging on my door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny if that's just like how it, it Some dude was bored and he made a circle. I mean... But, I mean, but I mean, back then, a lot of it, a lot of the things was like, leave no waste. Yeah. Like yeah. nothing gets wasted. Mm -hmm. We always like, like, you know, making butter had like different steps after that for the, you know. Yeah. So... Um, so that's basically where why the wreath came about is because they didn't want to just leave the pieces. Hmm. So, and now number twelve is the snowman. So I know <laughs> that that's not fully like a Christmas tradition, yeah. but it's it's a wintertime tradition. What are yeah. you laughing at? Well, because I no, just, I just remembered your... I remembered my theory about snow, about lizard. frosty. <laughs> you can do that on your own. <laughs> I'm just going to do a quick one. So, my theory is that Frosty the Snowman is a lizard person. Why? Because he's cold-blooded. It's the only thing that explains it. And he's mechanically controlled by a little lizard alien in his hat. And that's what made it magical. There's a lot more to it than that. But <laughs> let's get on with the actual legend, quote-unquote, that isn't lizard people, which is boring. <laughs> so, it's not really a legend. Yeah. Uh, but the snow, but snowmen have been around forever. In fact, it is extremely hard to figure out where it actually originated. So maybe, hmm. maybe lizards, but lizard people, aliens created. Mean. That's why it's so hard to figure out. I would say maybe they deleted the documents. <laughs> yeah, they did. They didn't delete the documents. They wiped everyone's memories. <laughs> um, oh, excuse me. <sighs> One man named Bob Eckertson. An award-winning illustrator, writer, and cartoonist did some research for his book called The History of the Snowman. Um, he explored all the information around the world and discovered a lot of, like, awesome stuff about the snowman. Mm -hmm. So I, I figured I would want to leave, like, the link down in the YouTube description for it in case anybody wanted to go and actually read, like, the full story of the snowman. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. It's not my full story, so it's going to be boring. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one of the first known depictions of a snowman comes from the 14th century book of hours, which is an illustrated book used for Christian prayer. Uh, now the snowman was actually being burned alive and, um, he oh. was like, it, it's snow. <laughs> well, yeah, but it was melting. Oh, well, okay. But, um, he was actually dressed as a Jewish person. So oh, they were geez. being like extremely racist on Gosh. that. And I, I guess the guy had said that a lot, uh, a lot of times back then, that books like that were racist. Hmm. 
Mm. So, sadly. But um, back in the medieval times, snow and sand were cheap, if not obviously free. And um, it was easy, easy to use and fun to play with. It wasn't just kids that were playing with the snow. In fact, in, in 1494, Michelangelo was commissioned to sculpt a snowman for the Roller of Florence. Hmm. So, <laughs> so wow. like the famous, pa famous yeah, yeah. painter and sculptor was uh, asked to make a snowman hmm. and got paid to do it. Wow. Um, <laughs> you know how many snowmen I've made over my lifetime? You know how much money I could have made? For it. <laughs> Um, there was once a period in the time, in, in time called the winter of death in Brussels. They suffered six full weeks of freezing temperatures, like wow. no let up. Uh, the citizens took to the streets and decorated the city full of snowmen. Some people even made them political and showcased their anger towards the church and state. <laughs> and there was even like a little snippet where someone made them like pornographic. Wow. So, you know, people are That's people. Funny. Yeah. I mean, they still do that to this day. So, oh, I mean, yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> they do it with pumpkins now, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> in the 19th century, people in Switzerland have celebrated the coming of spring by blowing up a snowman. So, oh, like, wow. it's a big, like, cool. it's a huge, like, what, I don't know if it's wooden, I'm assuming, because, like, burning material, mm -hmm. but it's, like, a huge, like, snowman, uh, mm -hmm. like, not actual snow, that they just, like, blow up. Okay. Um, the holiday usually occurs on the third of third Monday of April, so not really a Christmas thing, but mm -hmm. still pretty cool to me. Mm -hmm. um, we don't get a whole and like for us here, we don't get a whole lot of snow here in Jersey. I mean, we used to. We used to, but Back we haven't like the, lately. Yeah, in the early two thousands and nineteen eighty, pretty much from I want to say the nineteen sixties all the way up to the early two thousands, we got a lot of snow almost every year. Yeah. Like I remember when I was younger, back in the nineteen nineties, snow got like almost four foot tall like it was, there was a lot of snow i don't remember and, and yeah and now because the only reason i remember is because my mom told me when she took me on a sleigh i fell off the sleigh and i fell in the snow and she couldn't find me because i was just oh, like all she's seeing were my hands <laughs> going like this in the snow so but yeah we we we're, we used to get a lot of really heavy mm -hmm. snowstorms and now lately that's it's starting to look like california like mm -hmm. there's like barely any snow it's just yeah. rain <laughs> like I, I was really hoping for snow this year. Yeah, like, like, it, like Chris yesterday, Christmas Eve, no snow. It was it's it was warm outside today, no snow, and it's warm outside, and we're in friggin' Jersey. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like fifty something degrees out. Yeah, it's warm. and it's and it's nighttime. <laughs> so so yeah, so I, I just send me if you guys built snowmen, can you send me pictures? I, I, mean, I don't know how they would do that. You can do it on Twitch or um or not Twitch, uh. TikTok, you can post me in. Oh yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, yeah. I think YouTube, you might be able to put picture comments. I, I don't, I've never actually tried. So I, I don't no know, idea. but I wanted to see snow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we gotta get that fake plastic snow. <laughs> yeah, I just miss it. Like yeah. it's not here. Yeah, it, it, though there will be snow later on, but for like the past three years, there hasn't been any yeah. snow in December. Yep, <laughs> especially like January through like. April. Yeah. And even then, it's like maybe two inches, mm -hmm. not even. <laughs> yeah. It always so. has to happen when I'm at work, too. And I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So number 13, the last little tradition, legend, whatever you want to call it, that we're going to talk about is eggnog. Eggnog. Which we both like eggnog, just not a lot of it. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of eggnog. I'll take a few sips. And I'm just. Like, I like it. I'm good. But I can't drink a lot of it at once. Yeah. You know, there, there's there's an old saying. That uh, if you can drink eggnog, you can swallow. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway. 
So while culinary historians debate on its exact lineages, lineage, like where it came from or when it came, you know, when it came about, mm -hmm. uh, most agree eggnog probably came from the early medieval Britain Posset, which is a hot milky ale-like drink. In the 13th century, monks were known to drink a posset with eggs and figs. Yeah. Uh, milk, eggs, and sherry were foods of the wealthy, so eggnog was often used in toast to prosperity and good health. Uh, eggnog became a holiday drink when it came to the Americans in the American, um, yeah, Americas. Gosh, I couldn't say that. In the 1700s, uh, the colonies were full of chickens and cows <laughs> and cheaper rum, which is now what uh, eggnog is mostly spiked with. Hmm. Um, the name, however, is still somewhat of a mystery. Um, some say nog comes from noggin, meaning a wooden cup, um, or grog, which is a strong beer. By the 18th century, the term eggnog stuck. Um, yeah, so that's basically, like, the start of eggnog, is basically, which is weird to me that people decide to mix milk and eggs and rum. Well, I mean, they do it in, in uh, where, I forget what GMM episode they but they put, uh, eggs in coffee. Oh, yeah. So. But, I mean, yeah. Yeah. But, so that, that's the 13 traditions that I picked. There are obviously, like, a crap ton more. But, um, yeah. I just wanted to do, I wanted to do 12. But, like I said, 13 is a better number. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So, after this. Oh, yeah. There's a red 13 in there. <laughs> yeah. So, after this, after the, this episode airs, um, next week we're going to go back to our reg regularly scheduled spooky uh, stories, mm -hmm. or at least, you know, locations and legends, but, uh, I just wanted to do this quick, fun, little holiday-themed episode, so, hope you guys enjoyed it, mm -hmm. do you have anything else to say? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> just asking, yeah. but, uh, yeah, so make sure to follow us on Twitch, make sure to follow us on Spotify, YouTube, I'm on TikTok, send us a Gmail at... Uh, the haunted cafe at gmail.com and mm -hmm. um i think that's it yeah and to, to the advert earlier don't forget to check out uh um ram's head vr, VR gaming. gaming i almost forgot <laughs> you know the vr thing <laughs> the vr thing on youtube <laughs> yep. and thank you guys so much for listening and watching yes and uh we'll see you guys in the next one catch you guys later and we just wanted to wish you guys a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, and uh, stay safe and healthy. Whatever it is you celebrate, just have a good one. Yep.